am back. It is part two of this business themed podcast episode and I will now continue. So this is me in the past, in the future. I don't know. This is me talking. This is part two. Bye. Okay. Um, do you plan to schedule your posts or just go with the flow? I love this question. So I did try and schedule posts, but to me, it's not really working because sometimes I just create something and I want to post that that certain night. So at the moment, I just post what I feel, but I am trying to post every single day and I prefer to post in the evening between like six and eight um, usually because I feel like most people are online then and also have to consider like America is just having their day started then so yeah on that subject I have actually just started doing a thing so I have a folder on my computer and it's just called content and if I scan anything or think something's interesting that I have on my laptop something new I just put it all in the content folder so if I need something to post that day and I'm not sure what and I haven't made anything new I can dip into there and see what I've not shared because a lot of things go unshared but I really do want to share them so it's kind of a good way to keep my mind fresh um, and also to always have something that I can share with you that you might not see um, it's quite nice to have that I also just want to say while we're on that subject I am calling it content but I know that sounds so cold like it's just this content like just to tick a box it's not I just use that word to kind of describe posts or things like that um I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be cold or like I don't know how to explain but I hope that makes sense it's just the word I'm using but I think it has like really business corporation-y kind of undertones and that's not what I'm about at all for me it's more sharing stuff with you that I might forget to show you that you might want or need to see while we're talking about plans or schedule for posts, I actually have a Google Calendar that is very organised and if anyone wants to see that, I will happily post a little thing on Instagram. So if you do want to, tell me. It is super organised and I organise what I'm going to do that day. So for example, on Thursdays I do interactive stories, so that's on that day, also on that day. I'm just kind of going from memory now, but it would be emails reply to comments, look at tagged photos, um, do my tattoo Instagram, things like that. So it is very organised and I've only kind of started that this year. I had it last year organised but it's taken a while to get into the groove and also last year with Covid everything was just everywhere and I couldn't work as normal and it didn't feel right to. So this year I'm really trying to get into that schedule and it really, really works for me to have that kind of strict guide of what I need to do each day. Especially with social media, I feel like I really need that or I can get lost in just scrolling, 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 scrolling. So for me, it's really nice to have that structure. Okay, should I study before starting my own business? Is college slash uni really necessary? I would say no, but that's based on my bad experience with university. So... Um, I don't know. I think I would say... So, I don't think university is necessary for everyone. Some people, definitely. 
I have a sister that's a doctor and obviously her going to university allows her to do her job and do a great job. Shout out NHS, we love you. But I don't know if it's necessary for me. I think I would have done just as well if I hadn't have gone to university, but maybe it gave me that perspective. So I think life experience is probably more important. As for business side of things, I obviously had the help from my dad, which is all things that he's learned through his experiences. Um, he didn't have anyone to teach him that, so he's passing that on to me. But if you didn't have someone in your life with that experience, I would say you could self-educate. Um, the Open University has these online courses. If anyone would like a link, just email me. And they are free and they do a bunch of different subjects, including some business ones. And you may as well do them. If you don't have the funds to go to university, or if you can't get a grant or a loan, then that's a good option. But I would say if university isn't for you and if you don't want to, you know, go to a business degree or something like that, if you don't feel that's necessary and I don't feel that's necessary... I would say self-educate, like you have so much education online for free. I think a lot of being in business is about taking that initiative to educate yourself. So I don't feel like formal education is important, but I feel like social, cultural and self-education is a lot more important. So someone says, looking forward to the next podcast. The last one was so lovely. And someone else said, just wanted to say I really enjoyed episode one. Thank you. I still can't get over it that people like this. So thank you. How did you go about setting up the financial side? I want to, but have no idea where to start. You could always open a free savings account and then use that as your like designated um, kind of work account. So even if you just earn like, £30 from Prince, put that in there and then what can you spend that £30 on next time? Um, that's of course if you can afford to do that but I would say a separate account to start with would be really good um, and I think just keeping an eye on your finances and if you use PayPal um, just using a separate account for that would be helpful too. Um, what program do you use to make your shop? I use Big Cartel and I've always used Big Cartel. It costs me $20 a month just for complete transparency here. While we're on that subject as well, I will come back to bills at the end because I think that's something we need to talk about. But yeah, I use Big Cartel. It can be glitchy. Sometimes they have problems and the servers are down, but they are easy to use and very simple. I know some people use Shopify, but I believe it's a lot more expensive. So Big Cartel for me works. Um, I know a lot of you use Etsy and of course that's amazing if you don't have that following. So if you already have a following and you can direct people to a separate store like a Big Cartel or a Shopify, that's great. But if you don't feel you can do that yet, just use Etsy, that's fine. Um, it's not bad if you use Etsy and you don't have your own store. Okay. How do you keep your soul happy while making your out of commodity? I struggle a lot with the commodification of my heartworks. Would love to hear. I would say be honest with yourself and stay true to you and don't rip people off. I will never sell something for a ridiculous amount and I will only make what I need. Rather than making 500 prints, I would prefer to make 50 of 10 different designs. So that means the customer, and I hate using the word customer, but because we're talking about business, we'll just say that. The person that wants to support you 
can treat themselves to a print they really want, something that you have made, but you are not ripping people off. The price is not super high. I can't stand when I say prints and they're like £60. Like, who can afford that? It's so, I don't know. First of all, it's not accessible. Um, unless, of course, you're making a high-quality print that costs you a lot, then I understand that. But I think you have to be fair with, with your pricing um, and not go overboard with it. And respect the person that's supporting you as well by doing that. So don't overprice things. Don't go overboard with that. And also make things that you want to make. So when I make a print now, it's something I feel passionate about and I want to share with people. So in that way, I don't think of it as a commodity. I think of it as something I'm sharing for a fair price um, and that people can access regardless of, you know, I think art used to be a thing that only the rich and the privileged could afford. But now we can make our spaces look pretty and we can make ourselves feel good and not have to spend too much money. So I think it's about getting the balance between, of course, you have to make a living and you have to get the money back that you spent on the things you're selling. But you can do things fairly. And if you're more concerned about that and about sharing things and you don't want it to just be business, how about you donate a portion of the amount you make? Or maybe you can volunteer your time somewhere that needs help. Like There's ways, I think, of extending your art beyond just the things you sell, but into what you do with your life as well. I know that was deep, but hopefully it makes sense. Brexit and shipping fees, maybe, only if you want to, though. Of course, this is something I need to sort out. If you have a business, like a registered business, if you are selling things outside of the UK right now, you have to do a thing online to kind of confirm what you're doing. And EU, um, that's Europe, parcels now need to come with a customs label which before you would only do for like American and overseas parcels so things have changed and the postage has risen again which is so stressful but we just have to deal with it as it comes it's a big blow to small businesses but it will be okay how about commissions did do would you do or recommend them and why so for me personally I only do commissions for people's tattoo designs I used to do more commissions with people but honestly I am an independent person that finds it quite hard to work with other people and tattoo commissions are lovely because it's very intimate and it's very um special but for commissions for businesses and stuff it's not for me and I'm lucky enough that I don't have to do that to earn a living and um, some people really enjoy that and really enjoy the challenge but for me the pressure of that one person and maybe that one person can't see your vision and I think I'm a bit too headstrong to do that. Um, but if I had to, of course I would. How to handle the stock of items when you just started? How much should we order? I would say just see what kind of response you get, then go on that. Even if you order 10 prints, like five prints, three prints, it doesn't matter. Don't go crazy and order 100 if you can't sell them do you know what I mean just keep things within your kind of level and don't feel bad that you're on that level now what's most important is you not getting yourself into debt or putting yourself at risk um, and doing things within your limits how do you navigate Instagram's algorithm so it doesn't hurt your business 
oh, this is so stressful. Instagram stresses me out a lot, but this year I'm really trying to not let it get to me. Um, it's hard because, as I said before, I'm constantly losing followers and it makes you question, like, does anyone even care? Or am I really that bad? It can make you, like, spiral into so much self-doubt. What I'm trying to focus on is the people that are still here and the nice emails I get and the orders I receive where people leave the cutest messages and all that stuff matters more. So I'm focusing on the stuff that matters more. But... To beat the algorithm, what can we even do? I think find a good time to post, as I mentioned. For me, that's in the evening. And post every day if you can. If you can't do that, that's fine. I know it's super stressful, but for me, that's kind of the only thing that helps. I think also interacting with people helps. So actually, while I'm here, I'll mention, every month around the 20th, I go through the people I'm following and I just spam them with likes and catch up on everything I've missed thanks to the algorithm. And that seems to work. So if you're listening to this and you have some time spare, go look at the people you follow, the businesses, the artists, and go see what you've missed. For us to fight the algorithm, it really takes being kind of proactive and showing support to the people that you care about. So that's what I would recommend. Just see what you've missed, like loads of their posts, leave a few comments, interact with them and they will show up on your feed more, I think. But uh, I just hate it. Why is Instagram like this? Why does it change so much? Why does it make things so difficult for people to thrive? But we're going to try fight it. Just do what you can and I promise you the people that you support will appreciate it so much. Um, I don't know how to start a web page. Do you have any tips? Mine, which is AnastasiaTassu.com, which I rarely update, is just a Tumblr that I edited the theme on. So I really recommend looking into that. No one uses Tumblr really anymore, I don't think, but you could use it as a free website. You just need to edit the theme a bit and, you know, maybe do a bit of research into how you can make it look good, but it's easy to do and it's free and it's a good way to start out. Okay, last question here. How do you make your stickers, pins and cards? I don't know to start or how to do it. There is one answer here. Don't hate me, but I'm going to say it. Google. Find out what you want to make. For example, you want to make, I don't know, holographic stickers. Now, I could just tell you a supplier I know that makes holographic stickers, but we might have a different budget. We might have different needs for quantities. For example, maybe my supplier that I know might make things in hundreds, but you might only want 10. Also, you're in a completely different location to me and you might prefer to shop local. You might not be able to order overseas. All these things matter. And whenever people ask me where I order stuff from, I'm kind of like, I don't know, I get it. But also, I can only help you so much. What matters is you looking for the solution that fits you, not that fits me. So get on that computer, laptop, phone, whatever. Google what you want, for example, holographic stickers, and find a supplier close to you. That might involve you looking at 10, 20, 30 websites. Compare prices, send them emails for inquiries if you need to. Do this self-research. Look for someone that does the right amount for you, the right quality, the right cost. All of these things are so unique to you and your business or your hobby. So it's really important that you do this research to find things. There are so many wonderful suppliers um, and 
you will find one that fits you and fits your needs but it just takes a lot of self-research and I think that's something that not everyone can or is willing to or even has the time to do um so yeah this is meant as encouragement not to make you feel disheartened and um, but as I said I will just be totally honest with you because I don't see anyone talking honestly about business so here I am I have a few more things to add. So first of all, I want to talk about some costs. Um, when you are thinking of going into a business, it's super important that you top up what your costs will be. So if you're just starting and you're just going to buy a set of prints and you're just using Instagram to sell it, then the cost is basically just the cost of the prints. Do you need a scanner? That's an extra cost. Do you need software? That is an extra cost. For example, I pay, I think, £15 a month for Illustrator and I pay £30 a month for my newsletter. These things are like hidden costs that people don't talk about. I also pay the $20 for my big cartel. Also, PayPal takes a fee from every single transaction. So that doesn't happen if you only have a smaller business, like a hobby kind of thing. But if you're making a certain amount of money, they take money from everything. Even the platform I use to do my digital downloads, if someone kindly donates me £15, I get £10 from that transaction because of their fees. It's ridiculous, but this is the way that it goes. So I think it's really important that you work out your costs and don't get into too much if you can't afford it. So if you can't afford Big Cutout, the $20 um, amount, Use the free version, which I think has five products and less features, but it's free. It will work for now. While we're here, I just wanted to say um, a few things that will maybe help you if you have a small business now and you're worried about COVID stuff. Obviously, a lot of small businesses have been getting more support because I think people have kind of returned to supporting local and smaller business rather than bigger ones. Um, but I think we can all do things to kind of help ourselves and put ourselves less at risk during such like weird financial times. So number one, make sure you don't have too much old stock lying about, stuff that you could easily sell off. Just get it on your store so you don't have stagnant stock that you're not listing for sale. That's always a good way of earning a little bit of extra money and also making space for you too. Next, I think it will be a good idea to kind of look at your finances. What outgoings do you have each month? And could you possibly reduce some of those? Take a long, hard look at your PayPal statements or your bank account and just see what you could possibly remove just to get to know what is going out of your account every month. Lastly, I would just say that it's a good idea to kind of refocus and see what you want to make in this new time and kind of adapt your business to that. So for me, I think I mentioned it in the first podcast, but I'll be focusing more on prints and zines and smaller products rather than higher risk things like shirts. Um, so just look at what you're doing and how you can adapt that to the kind of new thing that we're living in right now. Some of you might not agree with some of this stuff or you might have different uh, views and that's cool with me. This is just from my brain to your ears. Now, before we go, I just want to say a few things. Again, thank you for listening. How nice. I don't know what I'm going to talk about next week or next time I record. So if anyone has suggestions, send them through. 
And I am going to do my little shout out of the week. This week, I want to shout out my friend, Brandon. Brandon runs a project called The Strangest Project, and he collects handwritten anonymous stories from strangers. He does this in person in New York, and it looks beautiful. He just stands there and lets people come to him and write stories. In some ways, I feel like Brandon's project is in line with my own work and reading some of the stories and confessions and truths from people on his Instagram is really, really, I don't know, it helps me feel less alone in the world. So maybe you would like to see what he does too. So Brandon's Instagram is strangersproj, that's strangers and then P-R-O-J. So shout out to you, Brandon, and all the great work that you were doing to help people share who they are. Now, your creative prompt for this week is togetherness. And I know that that's kind of strange because most of us are in lockdown and far away from people, but I want you to think about that closeness, togetherness, kind of being with people or maybe being with yourself. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm now going to clean and then I will edit this podcast. And I cannot wait to do another. I've been looking forward to record again all week. I've had to, like, put it off because of other work, but it just feels so nice to talk to you. And I feel like I'm more comfortable this time than before. I was so nervous. This time I've just been rambling at you for probably 10 hours. We will speak soon. Please stay safe. And you can always hit me up on email just to say hi. Whatever you want, I'm always there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bye, stay safe.